Welcome to I Love My HBCU Question Mark, the podcast where we express our undeniable love for HBCUs, but where we are also not afraid to address a few tough questions. So, sit back, learn a little, love a lot, and rep your HBCU. All right, welcome everyone to this episode of I Love My HBCU Question Mark. I am excited. I'm always excited with every single guest that I have, but I'm really excited. We've already talked about her lips. She's given us a tour of her home. <laughs> yes, we've talked about the. We, 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 listen, we've become family even before we hit record. Courtney Nicole, you That's are right. amazingness described, like literally. Thank you so much for Aww. agreeing, saying yes to be on our podcast. Alabama A&M University is like screaming, look at one of ours out there. <laughs> yes. Well, thank um, you so much for having me. You know, like you said, family. Um, like I said, and listening to your podcast, I know that's a resounding, you know, word that we hear when talking about our universities and the love we have. So when, you know, of course, asked to come on here with you, Dr. Tolson, about our HBCUs, I mean, it was a guess. I appreciate you. I absolutely appreciate you. I, I want to, anyone who listens to or reads your story, watches you on assisted living and so many more uh, amazing things that you've done you have a story um and to find out that you and i were in the same industry there's a line there's a line that i've read where you were pouring and poured so much into your students because you were in education and you you encouraged them to follow their dreams and then you decided wait hold on hold on can you t- t- talk to us about about how that that came to be? Where it can't just be you telling; it has to be you doing as well. Yes, you have to be doing. That's amazing that you said that. Um, you're right. Um, I, I love pouring into right, like our community, like we were just talking about. So being a teacher was like an amazing journey for me to be able to, you know, uh, help cultivate young minds. And um, uh, that was a beautiful journey. But you're right. I, I, I always wanted my babies to know that they could do anything they wanted to do. And I really wanted them to believe that. And I think the the more that I, I poured into it, it was like a, a self-check. It was just something that came naturally. It hit me and it was like, hold on, Courtney, wait a minute. Now, are you doing, are you living your dreams? Um, are you doing everything that you would want to do? No whole bar, you know what I'm saying? Like no whole bars. Like, and I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there was something. If I were 82. And it was like, oh, Courtney, what, what did you wish you had done in your life? And it was to go after my acting career. Wow. And I could no longer tell it no. Right? It was just that thing on my shoulder pulling at my shirt that I just couldn't continue to ignore. Yeah. Yeah. I So. so um, no, no, no. Please go ahead. I apologize. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, so um, I'm glad because, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times we don't follow that thing. So I am grateful that I was able to hear myself, right? 
tap into that and follow through to some degree. I'm still following through with it. Um, and then I think just a, what adds just like the cherry on the top for me, like even now, like with the shows that I've been on, it's like, you know how they say there's six degrees of separation. And I like to say that for any former student that I've had that I may have loved on, fuck that, out of love, you know, uh, uh, bought lunch for, you know, brought some extra pencils up here for, um, hugs. Any of those things, it's not it's not six degrees of separation for them, it's one. It's one. And I hope that with that they can say, if she can do it, I can do it. So. Wow. Okay, so A, that's powerful. B, you went in the direction of what I wanted to ask and hope you've already I think this is going to be you just loving on us and loving on every single person who hears the sound of your voice because that's what it's feeling like and I appreciate you for that I know this doesn't just apply to me and where I am in my stage of life it actually also applies to my students I've I and I, I teach a class called Discovering Your Student Identity. And we talked, oh. yes, we talked not too long ago about making the decision of what it is you're going to do. And there was a young lady who was in tears in the class because she knows what her family has asked her to do, but it's very different from what she wants to do, which is acting, mm. which brings me to you. You said that you could no longer tell yourself no. And you say it so simply, right? You say it so sweetly. <laughs> but was there, and if there wasn't, that is even more beautiful to hear that there wasn't. But for those who are in that space where they are loving what they're doing, the way you described the way you loved on your, your babies is amazing. But... You needed to you needed to listen to that tug on your shoulder. What would you say to them, those who are still thinking about whether or not they should make that leap? And then those who <laughs> what would you say to them? Yeah. Oh, so many things. You know, I mean, because we have life. Like life is in front of us. We we have things that we have to do, you know. And um, but there there's a phrase that says a little step. In the right direction, every little step in the right direction leads to big results. So, always, even if it has to be a little thing at a time, always be going after it in some way, form, or fashion, right? Like, even when I was teaching, I was still helping with the uh, Martin Luther King production. I was still helping in some way. I, the arts were still in me. I would still find a way to go to a dance class. I would still find a way to go to skating, um, to pour into some, 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 some part of that creativity that I was yearning for. So pay attention to that, I'd say. And then two, I would say, I always say that... Uh, <laughs> The ROI, right? Your return on investment. When you invest in yourself, the return has to be high. <laughs> like, it just mm -hmm. has to be. And sometimes we have to get in belief of that. And that belief, mm -hmm. I think, is the determining factor for a lot of us, right? Like, because sometimes we don't believe that we can have it. We don't believe we deserve it. 
We don't believe wow. it'll happen. And we have to see ourselves there. Like, before booking my first series regular, I saw myself on set. I was like, I see the lights. I hear the sound. I'm, I saw myself speaking to people, saying good morning, because in, in my eyes, I'm the lead on set. And I'm setting the tone. Good morning. How y'all doing today? Like, I saw myself doing this. So, um, I would say those things, you know, and um, keep a good support system around you. Like, that. that's amazing because while we don't want a, a yes man at every turn, we do want people who support our visions and our dreams. Like, visions, dreams, plural, because you can have more than one. Absolutely. So, so many things, but but you got to take that leap, you know, yes. and, and you have to believe in yourself. And yes. don't, don't, don't do it if you don't believe it, because you got to yeah. believe it. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's, there's work. There's work that you've got to put in. So if you don't Correct. believe it, you might give up before the return actually begins to show itself. Correct. Yeah, so I, I could listen to this like two all day. Nine, you know, like, yes. like you have to do the thing. Those, and those are those little steps. Yes, yes, yes. Do you do everything this joyfully? Most things. Yeah. And this isn't the first time. This isn't the first time anyone is saying to you that you do most things joyfully. Because there's just this beam, this smile on your face that I'm I'm just going to do life joyfully is what you give. I decided to do that a long time ago. Yeah. It's too short. Um it's too short. Um, I have a, I, 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 have, I do have a beautiful family um, that, you know, that leads with love. Um, and then like going to an HBCU where there was just more love. Like I tell this story about how, like uh, when I first got to Alabama and I'm like, I'm from Chicago. So like everybody isn't always as warm out in the streets, you know, it's like, you know, people staring at you, you're like, well, what is she looking at? You know, like, that's my little Chicago edge, right? <laughs> then, like, I'm like, she's staring at me a long time. Like, but, but, um, but when I went to, I remember my, my first roommate, and I went to, you know, in the community bathrooms, right? I'm in there brushing my teeth, and this, this girl came in, comes in. Her name is Mimi, I remember. And so Mimi, she said, hey! And I was like, hey, you know, like, my hey. Chicago was like, and she is speaking to me and don't even know me, but okay. And I remember going back to the room and I asked my roommate, I was like, did we meet a girl? So-and-so high, kind of looked like this. I described her and she was like, I don't think so. I was like, she, she was in there speaking to me in the back room. Like, and she was like, she was probably just speaking. And <laughs> I was like, but that was the, the mm. Mm. two of my best friends are from a small town in Alabama. And, uh, something about the southern charm you know that southern hospitality that you get when you go to an hbcu absolutely especially if you come from a place that didn't come from that right you're like oh they are just loving on each other and there's something about seeing people that look like you love on each other it's just infectious and i'm like so now like moving back to california when i moved to california and then people weren't speaking i was like what is wrong with these people Like, why aren't they speaking? Don't they know that it's like life? Don't they know it will bring them joy? <laughs> right? This is me. But uh, so I, I think it's just something that I just, I, I had and I 
camp and then it was amplified. And then after my years of teaching, um, I never know. I taught for 13 years, elementary, hmm. middle school. Hmm. You don't know what those kids are going through. And I'm sure you can imagine. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. think, I, I was reading this the other day. You know, like the elementary, so like a second grader, if they, if they had a parent who died. Hmm, hmm, hmm. And the family wants to send them to school because they don't know how to talk to the baby. They don't know. But the child still knows their parent died. That has right? happened. Absolutely. And you come to school with, why aren't you, what, what's going on? Like, why aren't you yeah. here? Well, you know, I'm fussing or whatever. And I had no idea that this baby's parent yeah. passed away. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's kind of something I think I tried to get in the habit of loving them first right yes yes and and then once they know i feel like when a student knows that or a person like once they know you're coming from love uh it can be a better relationship they can even take you fussing at them a little bit better yes yes and they'll still come back to you over and over and over again even though you're the one that fussed at them because they know it's love it's love that that you're pouring on them but the love needs to look this way for now so I think that then is now something that I can just take into the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. So and and I've decided to do that. I appreciate you for that. And I appreciate you for giving the context behind it. Um, and not that you just woke up when you were born and then every single day of your life, this is just who I am. But you gave us you gave us the Chicago that went to Alabama and then landed in LA. And this is the I, I appreciate the journey. I really, really do. I appreciate that. Um before I get into before I bless you with our rapid fire segment of 67 seconds. Yes. I'm, I'm going to ask you an unfair question because I think you're going to tell me all of them have been amazing. You've done a lot, uh, plays, um, 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 series, movies, Amazon Prime. We could do the list if we wanted to. I'm not going to ask you to give me the favorite project, but I do Ooh. want you to tell me your favorite role. Which role did, did, did you do and you were like, ooh. Oh. And if it's two or three or all of them, I'll take that too. Okay, okay, okay. As long as I can give you more than one. Okay, okay. Okay. I do enjoy playing a mom on TV. Yes. Like, you know, and the fact that I have a couple of teenagers to go along with the fact that I taught and I I do have a teenage son, like, um, there's just joy in that, you know? And I think that was one of my dreams. Like, I always want, I was like, oh, if I could just play the mama on TV. Or because I was starting later in life, I used to tell myself, well, if by the time I make it, I just play the grandmama and everything. <laughs> I'd be fine with that, too. But if you see, I won't play it in everything. <laughs> but but to be able, but for God to say, you know what, I'm going to let you be a mama before I make you play the yeah. grandmama on TV. I'm thankful for that. So I do, I get a lot of joy in that. That's beautiful. Um, it's a comedy. It's on, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I get to go to work and do that because when you work on your dramas and you got to dig deep, that's another joy. I do love that still as an artist. It's still fun mm. for me to get in the muck, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In the mud yeah. of it. Um, so that's still fun for me as an artist because that's creativity yes. and imagination, but it's yes. different. So I do love that. Now, speaking of those roles where I had to dig and get in the mud, I have two. I've been I've been thankful to uh, I've been blessed to be able to do a couple of plays and the characters 
had to dig deep. So I got to an, the opportunity to play Rose from Fences, an August Wilson production. Yes. And my mm. God, I fell in love with her. Mm. She dealt with a lot. Oh, I love, yes. Don't we all? Yeah, we do. We do. We do. She dealt we, with a lot. Though. She did. She did. Yeah. And so many of us, modern day, could say, oh, well, I had a date rape situation and now yes. this. Or yes. uh, I'm a foster child and now what does my life look like? Or for me, I'm in a second marriage. I was divorced at 27 and I was like, mm. gosh, you know, mm. I went with the, oh, I got to find my husband in college, did that. We were divorced. Now I'm a statistic. You know, so we all have the things, yeah, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But Rose got to tell her story. And I she think did. that's what I love about, like, women, right? I love telling our stories. Yeah. Like, she was a mom. She wanted another child. Why didn't she get to have that? Then this man came home with another child. And you raised him. Like, she got into it. So <laughs> I really had to love her, right? Because mm-hmm. then... To, to show that side, right? To be given honest, you know, performance of her. Yes. So um, that was beautiful. And I got to play in a Pulitzer Prize. Well, the author won a Pulitzer Prize. Uh, Charles Gordon is his name. And it's a black, black comedy. It's called um, No Place to Be Somebody. And that was, oh, oh, you, I heard in one of your episodes, you were talking about, oh, how you picked up the Viola Davis book and almost didn't put it down. So, I was tired today. Listen. I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I did this play like that. I, that's why I said that because I couldn't find it anywhere. I went to the library to get it and I got it. And I was so tired this day. I was like, I'm gonna take a nap. And you know how sometimes when you when you want a good nap, you read your good book, you know you're mm-hmm. gonna go back over that chapter, but a good book can lay you down sometimes. You'll be sleeping when you know it. <laughs> like, oh, let me go back and read the last three pages because I don't know where I went. But I did not take that nap that day. And I read that play all the way through. And that was another young lady, Cora Bell Beasley was her Mm -hmm. name, from Mississippi, had gotten up north during that time, uh, was able to become a nurse and wanted love. And ran into someone and she broke Mm -hmm. my heart, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so those are also roles that I I love that I get to to play to um, tell those beautiful, full women. I got to spin around on stage and I got to fight and I got to cuss and I got to, you know, just be a full person. Um, So those, I I would say, are like my top three favorite parts that I play. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And we're going to, I like the fact that you said thus far, because there's way more to come from you. There is way more to come from you. As you were talking, I was literally thinking of three students that when this episode comes out, I am going to tell them, I need you to watch this, just this part. Mm -hmm. I want you to listen to how Courtney Nicole expresses all of herself that Mm. she had to bring to all of these roles. And I really do think it will impart upon them as they currently journey, because one of them is theater arts and so on and so forth. And um, I think they're so focused on technique that they are, at least one of them is losing the, the, the joy and the passion of bring you, bring you to the technique and not just the technique. So 
I, I'm, I'm just going to keep thanking you because you're just you're just dropping life lessons that people are going to impart. And oh, it's the life lessons based on you just talking about yourself. And I appreciate you for thank that. You. I really, That's really do. Sharing. I do. Thank you. And yes, technique is good. But yes, yes, you got to have it, you know, what you your uniqueness, because that's what that's what that's what sells. Yes. <laughs> I like the way she did this. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, if you want to look at it like that, because I like to talk to the younger people in their language, too. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yes, you got to bring your bag. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, it's just like like a podcast. You could have said there are so many podcasts out here that are inundated with podcasts. I'm not going to start a podcast. Look at you. Look at you. We are in. I don't Thank know what you. episode this is. But yes, we podcast, are. Right? I appreciate and you. So you. But what you bring is new to to your lane and they have to bring what's what's, what's unique to their lane to them, yeah absolutely. Sure. absolutely absolutely but anyway Courtney, I'm about to enjoy this rapid fire segment with you because I can't wait to hear the answers that you're going to give are you ready for 67 seconds of questions I'm nervous but I'm ready. she's nervous <laughs> Oh, am I going to be kind? Let's be kind. Let's be kind. Let's be kind. We had a great connection. Yes. Yes. It's going to be good. They're all kind questions. I promise you they are. So the first one, I really like this one for you. If your time in college was a movie or a series, what would it be? Showtime. Showtime. (laughs) Okay. She's like, showtime. Okay. Okay. Yes. It's time to go. It's showtime. Describe yes. your HBC. Describe your HBCU experience in one word. Enlightening. Enlightening. I love it. I love it. Shout out your favorite professor or person at your ah. HBCU. Uh, okay, favorite professor was Dr. Jordan. He taught algebra. <laughs> I love him. Uh, and then I would have to say the fact that I left with two of my best friends in the world, Toya and Jessica. Yeah. That's beautiful. Roommate freshman year. One was my roommate sophomore year. And here, however many years later, we are still, you know, those are the girls. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. On a scale of one through 10, how good of a student were you? Oh, freshman year, I would give myself a seven. Seven. <laughs> I was there to get everything, okay? <laughs> the first semester. And then my the mom was like, now if you want to keep going back, you may get it together. And I was going to get it every year after that, okay? So oh, I love it. A nine, okay? A nine, a nine, a nine. All right, this is the last question. The time, they just told me the time's up, but I'm still throwing okay. out this question. Uh-huh. If you remember, if you remember, what was your best meal in college? Oh, baby, we had ice cream on the block. I don't even know that it was a meal. We would just go get the ice cream and come come to the block, you know, and sit on the yard. So, yeah. I love it. Ice cream on the block. I love it. Courtney, how did, you're from Chicago. Mm-hmm. How did you end up at Alabama A&M University? Tell us the story. That's what my mama said. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, you want to go down there? I said, yes. No. Uh, <laughs> actually... Cause you know, just like, she's like, I've not been to Alabama. So to her, it was like far away and my baby is going to the South. 
you know. Absolutely. Which I think for, I mean, we're talking about HBCUs, so I don't have to be careful about this. You're talking about your Black child now going to live in the South, you know. And my Mm -hmm. grandmother was born in Chicago. So we're a little, you know, like, so my mom, when I took my mom to an African-American history museum, she was looking at the girls from the church bombing and thinking about they were around the same age and how she didn't have to go through in Chicago what they had mm-hmm. gone through. So mm-hmm. that distance from that experience made it even more of a, you know, heightening thing for her. So, um, but what happened is, is that I have a cousin, an older cousin, who was a superintendent of schools in one of the suburbs in Chicago. And uh, when... Uh, I, I knew I wanted to go to, my mom wanted me to go to an HBCU. I was undecided. So when I mm-hmm. went in the counselor's office and I started looking, Alabama A&M is first because it's Alabama A&M. It starts with A. <laughs> it starts with A. Right. So uh, that was definitely on my list. Tennessee State was on my list. I applied to Prairie View uh, and Southern. So those were like my, my top four schools. Okay. And then, like many, Alabama A&M got my financial aid right first. <laughs> listen, um, listen. Yes, and which is important. Uh, you know, that's that's like you said, it, it's important for your family. A lot of us don't come from that structure. Like I was, my mom went to college after I went to college. Wow. Right. Wow. Like after I got in college, she was like, okay, now my house is empty. And she went back and got her bachelor's degree, right? Nice. But so I was that first one. My father didn't go either. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and so this cousin had told my mom, you know, with with her giving her the list of the schools that I wanted to go to, she said that Alabama A&M was one of the pearls of the South. And um, so she gave it, you know, I mean, with, with that nod, I think my mom was okay. And uh, so that's how I got to Alabama A&M. I love it. I love it. I love that. I, I also love the fact that you, because... Almost everybody we've spoken to said they knew they had to go to an HBCU. Mm. I love the fact that you were honest and saying you were undecided. That wasn't yeah. particularly like, okay, I'm definitely going to an HBCU because there it, there are a plethora of universities, right? Mm-hmm. And there's several different reasons that we pick for going to which one mm-hmm. we're going to. So, But you got to Alabama A&M. And I will say that one of the pluses for me was like class size. Like it wasn't a university where it was going to be 10,000 people in a lecture class for me. Yes. Um, I did want a more individualized instruction and class sizes at the time um, for my major were, you know, something that I was like, I look forward to that. I won't get yeah. lost in the sauce. In the know? sauce. Yes. Yeah. I want somebody to know my name. <laughs> You gave yourself a seven in first semester. <laughs> first, first semester freshman. Um, which which leads me to ask, um, what was the most challenging experience you had at your HBCU and how did you overcome it? I don't know who told them to sign me up for 18 hours. That got it. My freshman, my first semester away from home. Who told them that I would be able to? I think, I know. No, it was a no for me. It was I never a no. took 18 hours again. It was like, yeah. I think until I was trying to graduate. But, and by that mm. time, I, I had the motivation to do it. But 18 hours is a lot if you are not, um, you got to be smart. 
super focused. And, and and I mean, some kids come in like that. You know, like I got a little cousin who knows she wants to be a doctor. And she like, she came in and she's like, I, and I'm getting in and out and took as many classes as she could and was always about it. I don't know that I, I had that because I, I mm-hmm. think my first year I was still trying to decide exactly what I knew. I went into the education department, um, but I, you know, your freshman year, you aren't taking your core classes. So I no. still was like, I, you had, I decided on a major, but I was still like, mm, I don't know. So I think that taking that many hours was a challenge for me. And, um, you know, your first semester, I didn't get to pick. They picked mm. it for me. Mm. And I didn't really know the setup of college. I didn't know that once I started struggling in my economics class that I probably should have withdrawn before it was a certain grade for me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I could have withdrawn, still kept 15 hours, still kept my money, you know, and still been within the range. But instead, I'm like, no, I can do it. But I wasn't getting it. Didn't have anybody, like, somebody that I can go to to kind of bring that grade up and then it's Mm -hmm. like now I have this on my transcript you know so I just wish I had maybe like a little bit of a a mentor a little more guidance or knowledge in that area um so that would have been the toughest challenge for me I hear you. I So as, as you were talking, it reminded me, I promise you, this happened really recently where a student, I'm horrible at math. I say this mm. publicly, me and numbers, we just don't go well together. I see numbers and I, I, I don't know what I see. I see Greek when I see numbers. <laughs> I mean it. And because I know that and students will come to me and say, Dr. Tosin, this is my third time taking calculus. Do you know what I tell them? Take it over the summer take it over the summer, take it over the winter. And I gave them a little secret. I said, listen, it is impossible for a professor to expect of you the exact same Mm -hmm. as they would during the regular semester. And because of that, they're actually a lot more lenient on the grading as well. I was going to say you get a little grace. Yes, yes. Yes. So you could not be more right. Those those little drop the class. If you can't. If you can't handle it, what? Why? Don't put that much pressure on yourself. Nobody's gonna ask you about this W if you take the class again and get an A or a B. Listen, listen, listen. If you stand there and get a D, they're gonna be like, "Why is this D on here? Why is it bringing your GPA down?" There we go. So I, I hope, I hope students listen to this and they're like, "Wait, hold on," because you're right. I we gave them, them dry, and you told them to take the harder class in the summer. They in the summer, them. there we go. Come on, baby, come on. Because yes. I, I, what I'm realizing is, and advisors, I'm, I'm still at, at a uni- I teach at a university. Advisors do their best, and they yeah. do the best that they can with as many students as they have to reach. The but they're not going to they reach have. everyone. So I hope somebody hears this and is like, oh, time to drop economics. <laughs> Yeah, or time I know, to drop right. it. And take it again. Exactly. Or, and or take it, calculus. Exactly. And take it. And take it. There we go. What take does it HBC... later when you're more stable, too? You know, when like you're I, more stable. Maybe it was eyes wide open for me as a freshman. Taking it in my junior year when I'm more focused and ready to get yes. it might have been a better plan for me, you know? So, yes. But yes, go ahead. But. Mm-hmm. When, when I, when I, my entire conversation with you before we hit record and during this conversation, if somebody were to ask me, what is HBCU legacy? I'll say it's Courtney Nicole, but I want you, (laughs) I want you to tell me when you think of HBCU legacy, what, what do you think of? What does, what does that mean to you? What does HBCU legacy mean to you? Oh, 
it means excellence. Mm. It means um, support. It means foundation, uh, drive. Uh, oh, I could just just keep naming all the things that makes me think of you know that that legacy because um, it gave me a drive to you know, want to pour into my community and make mm. myself better, right? Mm. Um, the support that I got from there, like I was listening to the, the episode, I think, before this with the young lady with the red hair, and she was just saying how with her business, you know, people are like, oh, well, how can I help you? Things like that. It's like we're trying to figure out how to help each other, yeah. Um, which we can then take out into the world and do on a larger scale, right? So, um, yeah. There's another one you haven't mentioned. <laughs> I'm I'm going to give it to you because I I even though I'm just meeting you, I think I owe you so many flowers. You've given such um praise of our podcast and I appreciate you for that. You said I don't know if it was recorded or not. I think we should have just hit record the minute we got on the call with you. Like seriously, because you've given so much that the the rest of the audience isn't going to get to hear. You talked about the students that you had taught and you said that typically when people talk about six degrees of separation, mm. with those students is just one degree of separation. And the manner in which you have carried your love of your HBCU, it seems as if you are literally just one degree of separation from everything associated with your HBCU. If that isn't HBCU mm. legacy embodied in one person, I don't know what it is. I really, okay. really don't. Yeah, one degree. I like that. One degree of separation. Yeah. Yeah. Alabama AM, guys, this is your one degree of separation with Courtney Nicole. And um she's put she put it out there even before I said it. I just needed to remind her that Thank she you. said that. And I think that is a beautiful thing that yeah. shows because I think legacy is active. I think mm -hmm. when most people think of legacy, they think about what they're going to leave behind. And of course, that is mm -hmm. a definition of legacy, but you are living it in real yeah. time. And I absolutely love that about you. And I appreciate that about you. Um, I want you to finish this sentence for me. <laughs> I didn't see this. I didn't hear this as part of the game. <laughs> and it's not a trick question. I promise okay. it's not a trick question. Okay. Because of my experience at my HBCU, I will not ever let my people down. What? We, okay. <laughs> Come on. It's about building us up. What? I was talking about the Black Wall Street. We were talking about Beyonce and with the revenue that she is. We done. were. I, I know that we we spent money with black businesses. I would not yeah. let my people down, right? For you, I'm gonna show up. Like, when we doing an HBCU podcast? Let's go! Like, like that's. I'm 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 kicking myself. That's why I did all the because I'm, I'm like, what else would I expect her to say? She she would. <laughs> of course, she's going to give us something that has us embracing each other in the kindest of ways. So um, because of my HBCU, I will never let my people down. Okay. Courtney, I love you. Oh, I love you. <laughs> I absolutely love you. I feel like, I wish this was in person. It's moments like this that I do wish. And I hope one day we get there because I would give you like the biggest hug, honestly. Like 
I really, really would. We're going to. We're go- I mean, you've already given us a tour of your home, so we're going to make it happen. <laughs> right? Like, come over here with me. <laughs> oh my lord! Oh my lord! Um, before I ask you my final couple of questions. What lasting impact has your HBCU or has Alabama A&M University had on you till today? I'm going to rob you of one answer. I'm going to rob you of one answer. And that answer cannot be these two beautiful best friends that you have. Because I know that is a lasting impact as well. Yeah. Give me another lasting impact that Alabama A&M has had on you till today. Gosh, I just had this wave of emotion. Um, mm. I don't know that I had hmm, the pride. Ooh. If you cry, I'm going to start crying. The pride of self. Like, I don't know that I was a proud Black girl or a proud Black woman. Before I came to Alabama and M, and I definitely left there as one. Um, yeah, they that's impactful, that, and I'm thankful, forever grateful. That is impactful. Wow! Wow! I wasn't okay. That's meant to go that way, uh, Doctor. <laughs> but yes, thank you. Thank you. You you are, I know for a fact that every single black woman, black girl at an HBCU, black girl anywhere, because I don't think you have to be an HBCU mm-hmm. in this moment mm-hmm. to listen to what you just said and feel it. And the fact that HBCUs, especially across the country, give that, because we hear that, right? They give you the sense of self, the sense of pride, not just as a woman, but as a Black woman and as a Black person. That's a gift. And I appreciate you for allowing the emotion to take you there. I really do. Such a gift. I mean... An immeasurable gift. I can't help but get, um, I guess, emotional about it. I never thought about it like that, though. Mm, mm. Um, I, I just never thought about it, but it definitely gave me a pride that I can walk around this world and be my whole self. And, 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 I'm I'm giving you a virtual hug. I'm giving you a virtual hug. I'm I'm going to give you a hug in person one of these days. I look forward to it. I really do. Yeah. Don't be one of those actresses that when you actually see me in real life, you're like, I don't know you. Uh-uh, Dr. Tosa. I don't want to be like that. I can't keep getting my blessings acting like that. You know what I'm saying? So that's over with. Plus, we both went to an agency. You know, we're going to be like, there we go. Listen, I even before I said it, I knew that's not going to be you. I just wanted you to laugh. I wanted you to laugh a little bit. That's it. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. Bring me back. Courtney, yes. (laughs) Is there something exciting that you're working on that you want the audience to know about um, before we say goodbye? 
you know, you know, I want to celebrate a win. Um, I just, um, you know, we're on strikes. I can't talk about too much, but people can go look. They know what we work, what I work on. But um, absolutely, I just wrote my first episode of television, and it aired uh, last Wednesday. Okay, um, and that was just big for me because now I I let I resigned from teaching, pulled my retirement, moved to Los Angeles to live a dream. And it's paying off. It's paying off. And I'm thankful. Yes. <laughs> you know, that the sacrifices that I made, that the effort that I made, the belief that I had in myself, you know, is paying off. Like some people, you know, you, to, to have two successful careers is a blessing in one lifetime. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, and so then with this career, I, I'm like, yes, I want to be an actress, but, you know, I taught English language arts. And, you know, it's funny because I've had people ask me, they're like, is this your first time writing? And I'm like, yeah, for television. But you think about it, right? I'm, I'm like, in, in middle school, after the English language arts teacher, I'm with, we're going over expository writing, uh, narrative writing, you know, like, uh, so I'm, I teach writing right and i have had to write um this is another format and of course i did what i needed to do to learn more about that format um but it's just another career move because when i look at like you know like one of the questions i heard you ask someone like is like who's your like famous like a person who went to an hbcu like Oprah went to Tennessee State, you know what yes. I'm saying? Felicia yeah. Rashad, Taraji P. Henson, Chadwick Boseman, Howard, yes. you know, like I'm like, so, um, and to look, so I said that to say Debbie Allen, who directs, writes, dances, you know, so it's like on moments that I'm not on TV, what else can I be doing? I can be mm. writing, I can be directing, mm-hmm. you know, and now I mean, books, podcasts, we have all kinds of options, but that was a huge win for my career. Um, so I'm thankful for everyone who may have watched it. Thankful for everyone who helped me get to it that I passed it through. They gave me a yes or some notes with a no, right, to, to make it better. Um, so I'm just thankful. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I'm excited. So, yeah. I'm excited for you. I'm, I'm paying attention to everything you're doing, literally. And I, 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 you can feel more is coming, period. So I'm excited for you. In one word or short phrase, why does Courtney Nicole love HBCUs? It gives us an opportunity to expand our greatness. Because we're already great. Right, absolutely. We are already great. We're already great. Just to expand (laughs) that greatness, right? Build on our legacy. This gives us a golden opportunity to do that at its highest school. You'll never be on a campus or anywhere with probably that many people that are your age and of like mind at any other point in your life. It's a golden era. I, I hope people hear it on Kyra's episode. Um, I, I And I hope we actually, because gosh, we're, we're in production almost all the time. So I, I apologize if I don't get this right. And if she actually doesn't say it on the recording, Kyra said that she said what you said. And because she's a current student, she's Ooh. feeling it even more. When somebody asked her why, why an HBCU, she didn't say why not. That's what most people would say. She said, I don't think there'll be another time in my life 
where I will be almost completely surrounded by people who look like me. So yes, there will come a time when I have to contend with, with everybody else. And I know she was one of the first people that I've recorded who has said, I know this is not real life. I know okay. HBCUs and this cocoon that they mm -hmm. create for us is not real life, but I'm okay with that mm -hmm. because I have the rest of my life to be and have to with all this other. So let, let this build me up so that I can face all of that. It's the best response I have heard so far. And that's what you've just said, but she's in it right now. And that's what she feels. Well, that's Courtney, great. Post and, and that, you know what I'm saying? And that's and her being there, absolutely. Which that's tells right. you it's something that stays with you no matter what. So I'm, there we go. There we go. It's it's what I only wanted to make the connection for that reason. This is this yeah. is an alum that is making the statement. That is a student that is feeling it. Guys, there's a consistency there that yes, yeah, because we hear it all the time. Um, other people will say, Well, you 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 know this is not this is not this is you're not gonna have to mm -hmm, yeah. we get that. We get that. And that's okay. it, we get that. And that's okay. There we go. Okay, there we and, go. And, and it's a great age to have it. Like from think about People who go there like what 17 or 18, 20, yes, 21. Yes. And of course you have your non-traditional aged, quote unquote, students. Yes. But that is a great phase of life to be in that bubble. Absolutely. Right. In the bubble. Yes. We know it's a bubble. Let's be in this bubble for a little bit before it Absolutely. gets burst, because it's going to be burst. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But honey, when a cocoon bursts, that, that butterfly emerges. That butterfly, yes. Absolutely, I will be in my writing that down. Yes, <laughs> Courtney, this has been amazing having this conversation with you. I appreciate you for joining me on the podcast today. I really, really do. I know I am looking forward to just observing every single thing that you do. Your smile literally is a hug, so I am receiving it as a hug. To everybody else watching this, I thank you for tuning into I Love My HBCU question mark and this conversation with Courtney Nicole, alumna of Alabama A&M University. I hope you have enjoyed it and I hope you've enjoyed listening as well. I also hope that I, Tosin, have earned the pleasure of you subscribing to I Love My HBCU question mark and liking this episode. Yours in HBCU love. See you next episode. Courtney Nicole, thank you so much. Thank you, Tosin. Thank you for having me. Much continued success to you. And uh, I know your students have a gym so in you, so that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to I Love My HBCU Question Mark. Let's keep the conversation going as we share our stories and encourage more practical support of HBCUs, whilst, of course, holding each other accountable. Don't forget to follow and subscribe for the latest episodes. Until next time, love and lift your HBCU.